Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63. It's season four, episode 14. Uh, this week it's gonna be a tough one, uh, everyone. Um, no, no hiding it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a big bummer that Loyola won't be playing for a little while here. Um, we did have, uh, a COVID, um, I don't know if you outbreak is the right word, but at least enough positive COVID tests that, uh, we are currently on a pause. Um, we lost two games that won't be made up, or at least not this year. Uh, one at home to Norfolk State, and then the other one on the road at Davidson. Um, you know, I, it's tough, right? Like, I'm sure everyone who's listening has probably had some sort of, um, interference in their life with what's going on with COVID right now. And sometimes it's, it's tough to talk about basketball and make it a big deal because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of not a big deal. But um, that's what we're here for. We're here to talk about Loyola basketball, and that's what happened this week in Loyola basketball. So we're going to talk about it. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, and then we will talk about our incoming recruits, our commits for next year. Uh, there's three of them to talk about. They've all started their high school basketball senior years. Um, some have played a little bit more than others, but they're all off and running. Uh, and then we're going to finish up the episode just by talking about um, what we think, what we've learned so far about the team in the non-conference schedule, seeing as this will probably be the end of the non-conference schedule. So, Lou, um, I know you're you're probably itching to talk about the recruits. Um, anything, anything to add here about any of that um, before we hop in the episode? Yeah, I think the the first and like foremost thing is that we hope the guys recover strong. Um, just last year we went through this, and the biggest thing is, and now especially, I don't even know, I really want to look into this, and maybe we should look into this before, but it's like, for example, the Big East has a rule now, if you have to forfeit a game, or sorry, if you have to cancel a game because of COVID to an in-conference opponent, you automatically take a loss and they take the win. And I'm not saying, like, oh, my God, we shouldn't, like, if COVID happens, it's ruined a lot of things, but that's, like, something to think about for long-term it's like you just want to focus on getting better. You don't want to have to rush things. And I think canceling two games sucks, but I think that's what's best for the team long-term, not only just the games, but also the players. So it, it really stinks. Um, just for reference, both teams are doing really well. Um, Northwest State, I think nine and three and, um, Davidson around maybe nine and three or nine and four as well. So tough one, but again, we hope that they just get stronger, um, and healthier, um, as the weeks progress. And again, the also kind of sex is right by the holidays. So you hope that the guys can uh, get a healthy and go home for the holidays. If not, um, you would hope that they all group together and hang out. So it's a tough one, but we really just uh, hope they all get better and hope to see them in uh, 2022 when we start off there, I think early January with our first uh, or second sorry, conference game. You know, uh, you were talking a little bit about like COVID guidelines and all that kind of stuff and, and like forfeiting games and stuff. I actually looked up, um, what uh what like the covid back to play procedures are cuz okay. like i remember last year like they're they're pretty intense and like rightfully so right like we didn't have vaccines or anything yet um and i honestly can't find anything different than what it was last year so i know there's been a lot of talk about like changing procedures and rules to reflect the fact that like now we have vaccines like i i saw that the the testing procedures were definitely different. Like the only reason a vaccinated player had to test was uh, if they 
were a close contact to someone who had COVID or if they displayed symptoms. Um, so they didn't do regular testing anymore. Um, so knowing that at least at Loyola, uh, all students are, were required to have, were required to be vaccinated. We can like assume that everyone on the team was, I mean, I guess there are health restrictions and, um, like religious exemptions, I should say, not restrictions, health exemptions and religious exemptions. So we don't know that for sure, but I think a, a good educated guess would be that the whole team was vaccinated. Um, so, which means that like most likely someone was either in close contact or did have a uh, symptomatic case of COVID. So that's for anyone who's just kind of wondering like, oh, why do they, why do they even have to test? Like, aren't they vaccinated? Well, th- someone probably had symptoms most likely. And that's why they had to get tested. So, um, yeah, but yeah, especially, I, go ahead. Well, it's just especially also the guys had, um, what I, it might have been what, I don't know. So they had some non COVID illness, uh, recently. So, uh, just guys are getting when, when they, when they don't feel well or they're not looking well, I think they're going to want to know. And also a guy's not going to hide it because if he can't play, he can't play. So mm-hmm. it's just something I think everyone's paying attention to, especially now with COVID. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll hop in the episode here and we'll try to talk you guys or you all through it and talk ourselves through it too because we're just as bummed as you all are. But, uh, stick with us and don't forget, always remember, go Blairs. He and we are back. So, um, I don't know if we even really have to continue the, the COVID conversation much more. The only thing I want to say is I don't want to get into like the specifics of like who tested positive or anything like that. If you're curious, like I am, there are like, I will just say to go look on social media of like certain like coaches Instagrams. You can probably figure it out for yourself. Um, I'm again, not going to. Uh, specified, but uh, we just like like Lou said, like we just hope everyone's health healthy and and doing all right. And and from those videos, it looks like at least a fair share of the guys are. Um, uh, so yeah, I would just say if you're curious, just keep updated on social media, Instagram and Twitter, and I'm sure you'll see, see some stuff um, from now on. I I guess the just kind of like a tangent of this conversation is scheduling, like games now, right? Like. I was curious if there would be a possibility of scheduling an additional game, even just one, like one non-conference game against, you know, maybe a top 150 uh, school. And there has been, I think it was John Rothstein who said that Loyola is shooting to, to be back for the first or second conference game against SIU on, I think that's January 2nd. So, it doesn't seem like they're planning one for then. And I was going through the schedule to try to figure out if there were any breaks in like the conference play time. Um, cause they actually scheduled one in there last year, uh, for like certain things like this. And the only thing I could find, I think there is a time, there's either one or two separate instances where there's five days in between games. Um, there's one between our, our home game against Southern Illinois on January 25th, and then that's a Tuesday, and then we play at Drake on that upcoming Sunday. So there's that one. Is there 
looking four games, three days, four days, three days. So I think it's just, I think that's the biggest break. There's, I mean, there's of course like a, a bunch of like four days in between, but I don't even think that would really be a consideration. So like, I guess they could do that. Like that five, you know, five days that you get a, a break of one day and then a break of two days in between. Um, I would say if they are going to do it, that's probably when they would, but it also just matters if other teams have openings. Um, I saw some speculation that um, our AD should be, Steve Watson should be calling all the A10 teams to see if, like, if we have a cancellation, like it's, you know, if one of the other Valley teams has a COVID issue and an A10 team has an issue, that we should be in contact with them to just get that game, like, right away because that'll be a future conference opponent. So, I don't know. It's just stuff we're thinking about. Lou, I don't know if you have any thoughts more about, like, scheduling, uh, referring to the COVID stuff. Yeah, I think – right now we don't really have a break. And remember last year with the whole back-to-back games was even sometimes tough on guys um, and tough even on the results. So, I think one of the biggest things is – Maybe just focus on going, trying to go knock on wood or anything like that, going strong, maybe what, 18 and two or whatever, like the last, what, what is it? 18 games. So 16 yeah. and two. Uh, so 16 and two, whatever you can do. Um, just kind of focus on that nearly because the way the first conference game went, it's the valley. It's any, anything can happen. So, um, I'm, I'm very intrigued about the valley and the rest of the play. So. If if we had the time, I'd say definitely that'd be cool. I don't think we have that much time. Um, and then again, is if we were to do that A ten thing, right? The closest one would only be Slu. Yeah, so we Dayton. we wouldn't we wouldn't yeah, and Dayton yeah. But I would say the closest one would probably be Slu, Dayton, and then the rest are just a, a good bit away. So also, if you're trying to avoid COVID again or anything, travel's kind of hard. So it's an interesting one, a tough debate. But I, I I'm kind of I'm okay totally with the focus on. Non or on conference and put an end to non conference and especially give these guys a break. They they now might not get their full break that they were gonna get anyway. Mm-hmm. So especially after last year not being able to maybe see families as much, I think if they can get a break a little bit as responsible COVID safe break, yeah, go get it. The other um, just like random thought I had, I think last year um, there were some teams that had early um, conference tournaments, like, right around the same time as us, because Arch Madness is always, like, one of the first tournaments. Like, there's a few that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had scheduled, I, I want to say Creighton, but that might be wrong. Someone scheduled a game, like, after their conference tournament in that week, like, before the NCAA tournament. It was a bubble team. And whoever, it might have been North Carolina, actually, Someone scheduled a game, like, after their conference tournament, but before the NCAA tournament. And I just thought of that because we do have the time because Arch Madness is early enough. So, Oh, to kind of get a quality one or Q1, something like that? Yeah, and the only way – yeah, exactly. I think the only way that we would do that is if we lost Arch Madness, obviously, because then why would you go to have another game if you're already going to the tournament? And we were, like, truly a bubble team. Like, you know, say we go, like, 14-4 and four in conference, we get to the championship game, lose. Like, we have very few good wins, right? DePaul, Vanderbilt, Arizona State, like, maybe an away game against Drake and Missouri State, but not, nothing real good. You could schedule, like, Northwestern, who I think is also going to be a bubble team this year, 
and um, try to get like an additional quality win before the before the committee judges. So I don't know. It's just another option. I was just like really thinking about the whole scheduling thing because I do think like there there is a path for an at large bid still. Um, I think it's slim. Like I like I like you said. I think if we go sixteen and two, we go to the the tournament um, and lose in the championship. I think that's a pretty good resume. I don't. That definitely is not assured, but in that scenario, you go 16 and two in conference. We're already so close to the top 25. Like if we win the first nine games, like we're probably ranked most likely it, like in the, in the high 20, or, you know, like 20 to 25. So, um, I don't know. It's just all, it's all theoretical or, or, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like hypothetical right now. Right. And it's, it's just a bummer that we can't watch these guys play right now. And, and they're stuck kind of just, hypothesizing about like what might happen. So um I don't know. Any anything else about like our guys being on a break? I'm I'm just kinda of drawing a blank if there's anything more we need to talk about. No, not with the guys. It's it's again it's a tough one. It's uh something they're we're gonna they're gonna have to kind of maybe change the playbooks hopefully. I think actually just a point is like we hope these guys recover well because you shared a very, very interesting article today about um to me at least mm-hmm. about you and I and um, it's um, it's it's isn't it Austin Fife? Yeah, Austin yeah. Fife. Austin Fife. Um, for those of you who know the big man, pretty much on um, on uh, you and I, he is dealing with a kind of a I guess a COVID um, long COVID sort of long, situation. Uh, yeah, he's having he has a bad symptom from COVID still. He's recovered. I guess he's he's vaccinated. He's recovered from COVID, but he he has something that's been kind of left over and that's bad in his lungs. Um, so just really, 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 um, tough to see that for a, a player like that or anyone, to be honest with you. Um, but you just hope that they get better and healthy, but we just hope no one gets that. Like, so that's, that's why it's like, you just, we hope these guys get better because you don't want to see that, especially being shared with that me today. That kind of caught me off guard. I did not know that was a thing. So really interesting, really tough, but I think these boys can get healthy and better, stronger and get ready for conference play. Yeah, it just shows you that, like, even though you might not have horrible symptoms right away, like, and, you know, everyone says, oh, they're young athletes, they're healthy, right? Like, yeah, most of them, but there's still these cases where it's not uh, a certainty that they're just 100% better. So it's really sad to see. Hopefully that's something that wears off, you know, over time, um, and he can return to his, like, true playing self, playing form. Um, so, uh, kind of moving on from that where we wanted to have a discussion, um, and I've been wanting to talk about this for a few weeks, but, or we both have, I should say, uh, but we just haven't had the time and also like the stats in front of us and, uh, uh, is the, is the incoming class of 2022 and their, uh, how their seasons are going so far. So, um, let's start off with the one that I personally, I think we personally have the least information about. Which is Trayvon Lewis. Um, Trayvon is, uh, in, he's going to Ferndale, uh, which is in Michigan. I think it's right outside Detroit. Um, and as we've talked about, he's like 6'5, six, 6'6. Six, six. Uh, he's probably like a small forward. Um, he's very, he's got a very large wingspan. So that's something that's interesting about him. I think his wingspan is like seven feet or 6'11, I think is what I read. Um, he um just to kind of give some more background information. He also he's had offer or before he committed to us, he had offers from VCU, uh, which is a pretty good team as well as like Toledo. But uh, he committed to us pretty early uh, in his recruiting, so that was nice to see. Um, 
So yeah, so far, I, I really, I've only seen, I think, like two different things for him. Uh, there's one game where he had 25 points and four block shots. And then another game where he, um, it was a really close game. I think it was like a rivalry game. And he hit a three either at the end of regulation or at the end of overtime to send it to like an additional period, like either to, to double overtime or regular overtime. Um, and that game they did actually end up losing, but it was a really nice shot. It was like a out of bounds play under the basket, passes to, uh, Trayvon in the corner, pump fake, step back and drain the three. So it was super nice to see. Um, I've seen a little bit of like highlights from him. Um, if like my thing for him, I, I think his offense is pretty solid. Uh, I don't think he's someone that's going to do it himself all the time. Uh, he's definitely going to be like a, a, a feature piece, like a um, like he's going to need uh, guys around him to do well. But if his defense, like I've seen some block shots from him and some steals. I saw a little bit of his defense in summer ball in AAU. Like if he can be a really good defender, then that opens up, I think, a lot of doors for him and a lot of playing time. Um, but personally for me, I think he's going to take the, the Ben Schweiger role this year. I don't know if he's going to redshirt, but I think he he might have a kind of a smaller role next year and hopefully develop into a really good player. Um, so I don't know. That That's kind of all I have on Trayvon Lewis so far. I don't know if you've seen anything on him or watched any highlights. But I've watched highlights. Um, stats are very hard, like you said, right? For some reason, we just haven't been able to grab as many. Um, but I think the the biggest thing for me – is that is that wingspan and something you stated is kind of that defensive stance um if we can if we can capture that level of kind of commitment to defense especially with that wingspan i think that'd be huge um i i hate when they compare but what i hope he fits into a role is starting early is kind of a stretch four mm-hmm. but more focus on coming off the bench as defense um that he's able to kind of help uh with his like size and then what I'd like to see is develop uh, potentially some athleticism um, and be able to drive to the rim. We'll see. He's got a decent three. He definitely can he shoots the three comfortably. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting one. Um, I just like the 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 length of him and the lankiness of him being able on defense. Just picturing it collapsing down, sliding over, double teaming someone. I really think that can just cause a lot of chaos on for the opposing offense and I really like that so that's a big thing I'll be looking at a few more clips I know we talked about in the summer with his AAU AAU really wasn't much there we actually had a teammate who all of a sudden had all a huge AAU tournament that spurred up his recruitment so we'll keep looking an eye out there uh, just one of the ones we haven't found too much but exciting still to see a guy out there putting pushing hard yeah yeah I love his uh his Instagram is always full with pictures and highlights and stuff. So uh, give him a follow on Instagram if you haven't already. Um, let's, uh, if you want to talk about your favorite guy, uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Jalen Quinn? Yeah. So Jalen Quinn, I, I've, I've, I've said this a lot to you and I'll say this on, on the podcast here is Jalen Quinn is just what I think could be really dynamic. Um, again, another guy from Illinois Wolves. So I just got to state that. Um, we don't have a Mullins brother working with us, so it's really interesting to think, for those who don't remember, Brian Mullins, he has a brother named Brendan. Their father runs Illinois Wolves from last I recall. I don't know if he's still running the, the AAU team. 
But we've had a lot of guys from the Illinois Wolves uh, currently on the team, Marquise Kennedy, Tom Welch, and I think that's it currently, correct? Yeah, Paxson transferred. Paxson transferred, yeah. Um, so a handful of guys. Um, and Jalen Quinn, though, has played at the top level. They won their AAU tournament uh, 17 and under. He's been playing with guys who are going big, too. Uh, Jaden Schutz going to Duke on his team. So his AAU has been just amazing kind of competition level, right? High-level competition. Uh, but then just the dedication he's had um, to his high school, he just broke the all-time scoring mm-hmm. record. Um, now, granted, I don't know Illinois levels of basketball. I know he's probably playing in a small school. But, again, just even that ability to score that many points, I think, is definitely a feat that only many don't not many get to in high school. So I think just the way he's built, he really likes to drive to the rim, which I love. Um, I really like his ability to drive. And then he's not afraid to shoot a pretty far out three. Uh, which always kind of makes me laugh. So, I don't know. I think he's just he's got the size, which I really like, and I like the he does have a quick he has a quick step. I really like his quick step to the rim, um, and he's he's not as lanky as maybe like Lewis, but he's definitely got the size and the wingspan to be an effective point guard. Again, I think he really really fits in that point guard. Now he's big. Um, I don't think he's shooting guard small forward. I really would like him as a ball handler. Having a tall point guard is kind of something I I really like because you can look over the defense, kind of see the whole thing, um, but then also be not afraid to go down low on the post. So uh, definitely a big a big sentiment there. Um, but just just excited to see what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I really like him too. Um, I uh, like you said, he he's used to that that level of like high competition. Uh, his AU team is one of the best this past year. Um, and he knows how to be a part of like a good team. You know, one of the guys, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a couple comps out here. And of course, like comps are never a hundred percent accurate. And you might be thinking like, Oh, well, maybe he's not that good compared to these comps. The first guy that he, first thing he reminds me of is in that whole team aspect, like knowing how to play on a good team is Paxton Logic. And yeah, like, I think I do think Jalen Quinn is a better prospect than, than Paxson was. Um, but the the point here is like Jalen Quinn is not the first option on his AU team. He's like you said, he has a guy on his team going to Duke. He has a guy on his team going to Gonzaga. And I we think one more going to Xavier and he kind of fits in that third, fourth role. Like he knows how to pass the ball. Um, but he knows when like if someone's double teamed, like he's going to take advantage of that. Um, second, like, comp I see in his, um, ability to attack the rim, I actually see a lot of Baylor head in him. And, like, you know, I know Baylor didn't have the best career at Loyola. He's at Colorado State now. They're doing really well, but he's not playing that much. The difference here is Baylor Hebb was, like, I, was he 6'1? I don't even think Baylor Hebb was 6'1. I don't even think he, yeah, I think he wasn't that tall. Yeah. He might have been six feet. Whereas, like, Jalen Quinn's 6'3". And, like, he – so, like, yeah, he looks – he's got a lot of the same moves. He has really good body control, uh, which I think is really impressive. Um, but he's 6'3". He – like, we there's a lot of highlight video, actually. If you – if you if people are listening, care to listen or watch highlight video, um, there's a ton. Just look like Jalen Quinn, Tuscola basketball highlights. Just type it in YouTube. You'll find it. Um, they, they have one for, like, every game. Um, but – uh, where I was going with that, he just like, if you look at the court, like when he's playing, it just is so obvious that he is a college basketball player. Um, and what I mean by that is like, some of his competition isn't the greatest, but he's already got like a body built for college basketball. Whereas like Trayvon Lewis, I think needs to put on a little bit of weight. Like he's a, he's, if we want him in that three or stretch four role, 
he's got to put on some weight to be able to go up against the guys in his position. Jalen Quinn, 6'3", he's really like a plug-in point guard. Like, I think you plug him in his freshman year, he's going to put up, like, eight points, four assists, four or five rebounds. Um, he's not going to be your number one option, but he'll be efficient. Um, so far, uh, I've looked through Twitter to find, like, some stats on him. And uh, similarly, there's a lot of stats for him. So it's if you want to follow those, like, go ahead and look for him. But from what I can find, there are six games that I could find different stats for him. And he's averaging over 28 points, like 28.2. Uh, in the three games where they tallied his rebounds, he had 9, 12, and 8. So, again, he's just under 10 rebounds a game for those. There was one game where he had 27 points and 7 assists. Uh, and his probably his best game, from what I can tell, he had 32 points, 12 rebounds, and six steals. Um, I, you know, it's hard, right? Like to just read off stats. I don't think he's from like the Champaign area, Champaign Urbana area. And there's always a few good recruits out of there, but a lot of times those teams like aren't all that great compared to like the city of Chicago, I guess you could say. No, where they always, you know, where they have full good teams, but. Um, he, like, he's doing what he should against, like, inferior competition. And I don't mean that to be rude, but. No, and I, I think that's a great point just to tie it back. It's like, yes, I think, like you said, it's not the same maybe level as Chicago, just with the amount of programs that just spit out so much top talent, right? But it's not like it's rare, like, oh my god, this has never happened before. I know Tuscaloosa, I think, and they said, like, they might not, this might be one of their biggest ones in a while. He also then decides to play for an AAU team that plays at such a high level. So right. I think that's where you get a balance. But I, I agree. It's, it's, I think he's such a ready to be plugged in kind of point guard. But I do think then the, the only downside is that level of competition not being played at such a high level every day kind of thing might mm-hmm. be where he doesn't get fully those minutes right away freshman year, but I think he can develop into that easily mm-hmm. after a freshman year. So definitely be interesting. I'm, I'm very excited. Yes. Like you said, you gave it away. Yes. He's my, one of my favorite, he's probably my favorite recruit right now in the class um, that we have currently. Again, the, these three have signed, but there is a lot more room that needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you have any less, any more thoughts on Jalen Quinn? Just keeping the Illinois Wolves uh, pipeline alive. It looks like. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Uh, the last guy to talk about is Jaden Dawson. Uh, Jaden is from Omaha. He plays for Omaha Central uh, in Nebraska. And um, he's definitely put out the, the fanciest and, like, uh, most, I don't know, explosive. Yeah, highlights. Yes, there we go. There we go. We're in sync. Uh, he, he's definitely put out the best, like, highlights. Uh, there have been a bunch of dunks, um, some, like, setback threes, uh, there was one game where he scored like 36 of his team's 52 points or something in a win and hit a, like, a game winner with like 30 seconds left or, I don't know. He's definitely had, from what I can tell, the, um, yeah, the, the Best most explosive. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, most explosive. Yeah. And, um, th- so I've only, I can only find three games, um, where he just, they just put out his points and he's averaging a little over 24 points a game. Um, on max preps, I think it said he's averaging like 18 points. I don't know if that's accurate. Um, but it did say he was averaging like six rebounds and four assists or something. Um, so I, like for me, uh, Jaden Dawson's more of that combo guard. Um, I think he kind of is very similar to, uh, like Marquise Kennedy, I would say, where like 
Uh, he's like can be a slasher. He can play off ball, but like also he can play on ball and be pretty effective. Um, I from what I can tell, like he's not like a pass first option. Like if the ball's in his hands, he's looking to score. Uh, whereas like when we're talking about Jalen Quinn, I see him more as like a break down the defense, look for the open guy. Jaden Dawson is looking to score. Um, he's a high flyer. He gets out. Uh, he has a very impressive vertical. Um, I do think that like Omaha has some pretty good talent, like from what I can tell. Um, and so I think he's playing against pretty good, uh, talent. Um, you know, just last year, uh, you know, we got St. Thomas from that area and Hunter Salas was in that area. So lots and lots of, um, high talent, but, uh, I, I personally think that Jaden Dawson for me has the highest, uh, ceiling, like of any of the three players. I think he could potentially be the, the best of the three. Um, I don't necessarily know if that means that like he is going to be ready to come in and compete right away. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really like him. I'm looking forward to what he's going to do this season. Um, and, uh, it's just kind of cool that we got two straight guys from Omaha. So I'm excited for the, the potential in that like recruiting area. Um, but what have you seen from, from Jaden Dawson so far this year? Yeah, not afraid to destroy the rim. That's uh that's kind of just a big, big outlet that I've seen from him. Um and but the thing is, um as a point guard he's doing that. So I really find that interesting from a guy who likes to go be aggressive to the rim, right? I talked about that with Jalen Quinn. I just think it gets us to the line and that mentality is that also I we see it in Drew's game nearly, is a little bit quicker of a pace on when we have the numbers, right? When we have the numbers going down, Drew likes to just get to the rim. Now, if you're Braden, though, you're shooting the three because you have the numbers. He likes Braden shooting the three. But in some guys' cases, I think it's best that, like, a here goes to the rim, right? Or even, I don't know, CK. He knows where to find himself underneath the rim. So he's going right to the to the to his special point. I still haven't figured out where it is, but it's right underneath the basket. So um, Dawson, I think, is just a very interesting kind of combo guard in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I don't want to say he's like a true, like, oh, only assist or he's only a shooter. Like he's just a combo guard because I think he's very dynamic in getting to the rim and destroying it. Um, how is his outside shot? I don't remember seeing too many clips. Yeah, um, I definitely haven't seen too many. I wouldn't say like I, I like again, like you said, I haven't seen a bunch. But from the three, I would say I've seen the least amount of his like outside shooting. So I think he's more like Marquise where he's he is a slasher. He's a driver. He can shoot it. Like, I think he holds his own, but it's probably something he's going to need to work on, like, at the college level. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. I think that's something he's going to work on. Um, But, again, it might not be something he needs to, right, because we have so many guys who shoot the three. But, again, I think one of the uh, play-by-play guys in the Vanderbilt game said – um, if you don't shoot the three, I don't know if you're getting recruited or going to lose. Because, um, uh, of course, that was right after Jacob hit the uh, three. So I think that just comes. Um, but I have no problem with him not being uh, a Braden or even anywhere close to Braden three-point shooting. Um, but uh, I think the fact that he's aggressive to the rim is really interesting. But I, I do love, like you said, the last point for me is like that Omaha connection, right? It is really interesting uh, that we're finding recruits in different areas. Um, again, we, we happen to have recruited guys who went to the same high school, guys who are in the same AAU program, guys who are from the state. Funny enough, Jalen Quinn didn't mention it, but I guess he has a half brother or step brother that played at Loyola. We didn't know until we read an article. Right. So just finding other connections to 
bring guys to the program are really interesting. Again, Drew said he was going to go back to kind of his roots, and that's Michigan, and he has no problem doing that. I think he can really make, uh, again, Lewis being from Michigan area. But just going out to areas where maybe – I don't know if Drew has a connection there, but I wouldn't picture uh, us getting a guy coming from Nebraska, right? But, again, in my opinion, I like it. It's the backyard of Creighton. It's the backyard of the University of Nebraska. So we taking guys from their backyard at least gives us an advantage, I think, in just putting our name out there in recruiting because it's like, hey, you don't, you're not relying on just the two programs that kind of own your state, right? We're coming in there and we're looking at it. So I really like kind of the disruptive recruiter that Drew and his team are putting together. Um, and then we've seen that recently with offers from states I don't think we've really recruited much out of. So I think we're getting more of a nationwide recruiting mm-hmm. than we've had before, but not forgetting about our roots in Illinois and the Chicagoland area. So I think those are kind of two huge factors. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to expand a little bit. Um, and it's interesting, right? It's like, are we going to go back to it like a third year, right? Like, I don't know. Um, if it's treating us well, then we might as well keep up with it. Might as well uh, just put a campus out there, I guess. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, L-U-C-O. Loyola University of Chicago, Omaha. There you go. Um, but, yeah, so that's kind of what uh, we've been seeing lately from these guys. Um We'll we'll keep we'll keep up with it. Um, I know, like I was looking because I saw Jaden play the game like last night, but I couldn't find a stats for it. It's like if I don't know if anyone ever finds any stats, please send them to me or videos. Like please just like DM them to us. We're always looking for that kind of stuff. Um, I'm often like my secrets is I will literally go on Twitter and search Jaden Dawson, and like a lot of times, you know, there's some crap in there. But a lot of times, like, there's – that's where you find, like, random people tweeting videos or, like, local news reporters, like, reporting stats. Um, so that's kind of my way of, like, how I do it. Uh, I know that, like, local newspapers sometimes have stuff, but a lot of times they just have scores. Um, and sometimes stuff like Max Preps and 247 will have stuff too, but – uh, nothing that's ever super consistent or free. That's also an issue that we've run into. So, um, so yeah, so those are three. Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about with recruiting, uh, there have been a few interesting offers, uh, this past, I guess, like week, um, week or so. Uh, I just want to mention. So, like, just a couple days ago, I guess we offered a former top 50 recruit. He's still kind of in that area, like I would say comfortably like top 100. Uh, his name is Isaiah West. Um, he is from Tennessee, or at least goes to high school uh, in in Tennessee. And um, he was at one time, like at the beginning of this year, a top like 30 recruit. Uh, he's like a 6'3", um, I think shooting guard or combo combo guard, um, and he's had offers from Kansas, Tennessee, University of Illinois, and Vanderbilt, and just kind of interestingly, we hopped into the mix and offered him, um, from what we can tell from, like, national rankings, uh, he's kind of gone down a little bit. I don't know if he's just kind of fallen off, maybe not gotten a ton better, or it's more of just, like, other guys are getting better, and he's kind of being stagnant. Um, but, you know, this isn't usually the type of guy I think we'd see ourselves in on. Um, but, uh, we were talking kind of before the podcast and Lou, maybe you can explain more, but like 
we don't know if, you know, Kansas offered him. We don't know if that means, like, oh, he's their first option at this position um, or if he's just, like, a third option. But um, I don't know, Luke, if you want to explain that more or if you have any other any other thoughts about him. And then after that, I was going to talk about the, the other guy we offered, uh, Sam Orme. So any, if you want to talk about any of those. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of those things that when he uh, kind of just going back to a good example, right, is um, – what is it, Bobby or Kobe, was it? Um, yeah, Bobby uh, Clinton. Bobby, yeah, Bobby Clinton, a guy from the 2022 class that we were in his final two. Um, he, he did have that. He was offered by Kansas, right? Um, but, again, he was in-state Kansas. So they're, I think these big programs, they tr- they sometimes reach out to kids and say, hey, we, we, we're kind of offering you. And, again, I don't know the official way um, they, they say it, right? But um, sometimes they'll say, hey, we're really interested in you and we're going to offer you. But, like, again, just a heads up, um, we're, you're like our third. You're, you're our third in our depth chart for recruiting, right? We, we like you and we think you could fit. But if we get this other guy, we might go with them. So it really just depends. Um, it's a little tough um, when competing because, again, some of these guys might still wait out on those big-name schools. But I think the fact that we're getting our name in the mix is definitely – nothing too shy about you just hope we just don't kind of spend spin our wheels so much on guys that aren't committed to play because that's the uh, that's the tough thing right is that mm-hmm. we do want guys who are ready and committed to play and again Loyola sometimes can offer these kids a little bit different in playing time different in maybe education I maybe just different in also location right cooler by the lake right some of these schools in the middle of nowhere and all it is is the school and that's great but what do you do in the off season when you're just working out and training you got okay maybe a local movie theater hey we got the city of chicago right mm-hmm. so um there's so many factors um but i i really do think this is an interesting recruit like you said it is a reach right we don't normally go guys and especially it, one comparison that i want to segue into with re- this topic is you don't really see valley teams doing top 100 the mm-hmm. recent top 100 recruits to the valley to drake and you and i have all been sons of assistant coaches or head coach Mm-hmm. None of them have been, oh, I just picked the school because it's a school I've always wanted to go to or that's the school that recruited me really hard. But you see that in quite often with A-10 schools. So it is interesting how we're going down a path of changing recruiting, and I do think we can make these jumps, especially with the jump to the A-10. Because mm-hmm. if you look at 2022 recruits and 2023 recruits in West, who we're talking about Isaiah West, they are going to be playing for an A-10 team, not a Missouri Valley team. So I think that also changes the games and also changes the, the kind of strategy of how to recruit. So, But a name that's out there um, and that's big. And then, again, I think a program that I'm not saying we can compare to, but if you look at Notre Dame this year, Notre Dame's not a program that gets that many top 100 recruits, right? But they had one kid commit, and then all of a sudden two other kids committed within the top 100. So you never know the domino effects by getting one kid who, who might yeah. – be working out like hey you got a good point guard invite him to visit when the center comes and they might work and develop like hey i want to play with this guy that that also can add things so i think there are so many different tiers to how to recruit and where to recruit but i really like the way drew's going and to be honest with you i don't mind fighting for a kid and being in the top two right or something like that because it just gets our name out there gets the recognition but again it sees that drew's not trying to just go for quick quick kind of easy wins. He wants maybe a tough recruit and he wants to find the path that can lead Loyola to keep succeeding. 
And the nice part is we've already got three great ones. So it's like absolutely, it, we're not. It's not like we're dealing with nothing, right? And we're just like shooting for the stars. So it's nice to see that uh, for this upcoming year. I know these guys. I think they're twenty twenty three though. I think yeah. This, the guys, yeah. So the guys, yeah. So just for reference, yeah. So the three recruits we talked about have signed actually already in the early signing period. That was, was that November, I believe. Yeah. Um, great graphics and everything from the Loyola team. Um, and then so they're twenty twenty two. And then the guys we were talking about were 2023. But the biggest thing to keep in mind, everybody, is that we have a handful of guys who are graduating. Like, there's no COVID extra year. I think it's about around seven mm-hmm. or maybe it's six. six, right? It's definitely six. Yeah, um, definitely six. Four super seniors and two the Ivy League transfers, so definitely six. Right. Um, and that's just they automatically graduate. They get their three NBAs or whatever they get out of it, and hopefully maybe to the NBA. But again, we got to recruit still because we not only are we recruiting to just keep getting better, but we need to recruit depth, and that's yeah. been a thing with us. And right, and even this year we're talking about depth, so that's the other thing Drew's looking at. And to be honest with you, I think you're going to quite see um, the transfer wire be very strong this year for Loyola, especially with the fact that we're going to the A10. Because I think some guys we might be able to pick up from maybe a Big Ten, Big Twelve school, SEC school, and be like, "You're not, you're not going far from these big programs, these big conferences. You're going to an A10 program." And then also you'd be like, "Hey, you could maybe get double your minutes, and maybe we we can work things out." But the thing is, that you're not losing kind of credibility of the conference you're going to. You're moving a step up. So I, I'd be interested to see what the JUCO um, area looks like, but as well as the transfer. But I think we have one more recruit we want to talk about for 2023. Yeah, so uh, the other one, his name, he just got offered, I think today or yesterday. Um, his name is Sam Ormy. I don't know, Orm, I, I might be pronouncing that wrong. Um, but he is uh, a top 150 recruit as well. Uh, he is from uh, Indiana, I know. Carmel, Indiana, uh, sorry. Yeah, Carmel, Indiana. Um, he's already has an offer from Butler, which is impressive. Uh, and then besides that, just like a few mid-majors, Toledo, um, among a couple, Elon, and then us. We just offered him. So um, it is kind of interesting. This is like one of those guys where on the other side of Isaiah West, we're definitely getting in early on him, at least like early compared to like what some of the other teams uh, of the cal- of our cal- caliber. Um, he's 6'8". It looks like I haven't done a whole ton of like research on him. But looks like he is kind of that stretch four, um, and uh, he looks impressive. He's like I said, top one fifty recruit. So um, hopefully we can convince him to, to come down over to Chicago. It's not that far. Yeah, absolutely. And then the one more, just I actually happened, and just because I saw news this week uh, yeah. for twenty twenty three was um, again. I'm assuming he's going to go Ty Pence, but he could be a Ty Pence. Uh, but he's all out of St. Joseph, Illinois. Um, he's uh, around a six six shooting guard. Um, he's got offers from a lot of big guys, and including us, right? Wake Forest, DePaul, Butler, Iowa State. Um, and then so this week, Michigan State and University of Illinois and us were in, t- in the arena to watch him play. Um, I believe I saw Pat Wallace, and I think I might have saw, seen Sean or Amaro Morgan, um, mm-hmm. but I saw on Twitter that they were there. So 2023 recruits were recruiting strong, um, and I'm liking where they're going. There is a local recruit. Like I said, we don't really get, try to – not forget about our local guys, Richard Barron, who I really like, 6'5", shooting guard out of St. Ignatius College Prep. Um, again, a lot of talent there. Um, so I think the one then for 2022 that I want to end on um, that I think just people look out for 
Henry Cowles out of Minnesota, 6'10". Or sorry, he's out of Arkansas, sorry. I thought he was out of Minnesota. Um, but I'd be intrigued to see where we go with that. He's 6'10". I know we offered him over the summer. So, again, a lot of moving parts. Um, but I think I'm really excited that we're, we're looking ahead toward the future and then also to a future A-10 recruiting uh, talent. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Ty Pence. Uh, I actually, from their, like, interactions on Twitter, I know he's good friends with uh, Jalen Quinn. They're both from the same area. I saw that. Yep, you're absolutely right. Yep. I'm sure they play travel ball together. I don't think – I don't know if Ty Pence's um, AU is – you know I don't what? think it is. I think he... I think we would have known. I feel like yeah, we should have known. It's mid-pro academy. It's his, like, Twitter banner is his AAU. So they don't play together, but, I, you know, they're they're from, like, half an hour away from each other. Like, they're they really are. close. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, I know they're good friends, which is kind of cool. I've actually... I think I saw, like, Jalen say, oh, like, come to Chicago or something like that. I, I, I... To be honest with you, I think I saw a video of the same thing. I think I saw either... Ty Pence mentioned Jalen or Jalen mentioned Ty, I think. Yeah. Um, or maybe after, I think maybe even after, yeah, I think after my side, when Jalen got the leading score, um, Ty Pence, I think, retweeted the picture Loyola created for Jalen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, again, long story short, I think this ties back to, hey, you got one guy who also might have a buddy. You never know who, when you recruit, sometimes you recruit in kind of branches, right? Hey, this guy works out with this guy or this guy, hey, you with this one. We had a whole bunch one year from the same AAU program, and I think they've led our program in a great direction. So you never know what you're going to get from Chicago public school system, uh, friends and stuff like that with Milton, with Dante. And then funny enough, I remember what uh, Cam and Christian Negron, they played against each other, right? So mm-hmm. guys, you just never know what, but I, I like what Drew's doing, and there's a lot out there recruiting. We could go on, but very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um so, yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps up the recruiting. Um, the only th- other thing we want to talk about it a little bit was, um, like, our non-conference so far, I guess, or, uh, you know, the completion of it. Um, we just want to talk about, like, one thing, like, overall that was good and one thing that maybe wasn't as good or something um, to improve upon. Um, and, Lou, I know you had a couple, so why don't you why don't you kick it off, and then I'll – I actually haven't thought of mine, so I'm going to think of mine while you're talking. Yeah, no worries. I'll start with my high. So we're kind of going up maybe a high, low, whatever you want to call it. Um, the, the, the number one thing that I really appreciated, um, was, uh, Marquise Kennedy starting. I think that was a big step for me, uh, to really feel comfortable with the rotation. Um, and not saying he can control the team or anything yet. I just like how he plays with Braden, but I really wanted him to get starting minutes. Now, again, I know Keith was the starter last year. Keith's just been dinged up a little bit. And to be honest with you, I don't know what's going on with Drew's mind about rotations, but I think Marquise Kennedy has shown that he can definitely start, and he's shown that he's definitely a key player. Um, and I think with the fact that Keith has only one year left, get Keith in as much as you can with rotations for off the bench. But as Keith is kind of recovering still from being dinged up and stuff, I think Marquise Kennedy is the man to go with leading uh, from a point guard standpoint. Um, and I want him to hold the ball more. Let let Braden do off-ball stuff more. That's what I want to see a little bit more of, right? Mm-hmm. Um so just clean up a few things for Marquise. Um, still got a little bit of slow of a three, but it goes in a little smoothly when he's wide open. But uh, be careful with the, the the ball handling. He's been turning it over quite a bit when he when he's driving. Again, I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to drive and go up for a shot. But when he brings it down, he's been losing a little bit from the Indiana State game to Paul game. There are a few turnovers there. So 
Uh, let's just, and even I think Roosevelt, I think there might have been one. So, uh, just stuff like that. But overall, that's one of the biggest exciting things for me. Do you want me to do my low or do you got an exciting? Yeah, item? you'd be, uh, uh yeah, I'll, I'll do my high and then we can both do our lows. Yeah. Um, so my high for me, uh, has got to be just Lucas taking that next step. Like, I think we talked about it a lot over the offseason. It's like, are we going to be more of a, like, rounded team? Is everyone going to score? Like, is, are we going to see, like, a few guys that have over 10 points a game. But I just for me, like, I think Lucas has really taken on a much bigger role in the on the offense. Um, and, it, yeah, it's scoring for sure because he is the leading scorer. But it's his, like, facilitating too. I mean, he's he, every, like, consistently he's got three, four, five assists every game. Um, I think I think he's averaging around three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and... We see him driving to the hoop a little bit more than last year, and he's obviously, like, got that great defense. And I think he really is on track to be first-team All-Valley, just with all the other crazy stuff that's going on across the Valley. I think he's on track for that. Um, I'd love to see, you know, him finish with, like, 12 or so points a game, um, anywhere from, like, 12 to 14. But if he just keeps up doing what he's doing, playing that all-defense, that, you know, defensive player of the year type, Type defense, he's going to be first team all valley. So that's got to be uh, the thing that's impressed me so far. Uh, do you want to talk about our lows? Yeah. So my low, and again, it's not a low uh, that like it's brought the team down or anything. It's just something I had high hopes on. So my high hope, um, kind of blended, is just the power forward, um, maybe the center. I don't know. It's so it's Jacob Hudson. I kind of just said, oh my god, he's going to dominate. But he's not really, but I'm fine with that. Um, so that's just a side note. But I think the big one is just a Hirugog. Um, I have him as the NBC player of the year. Um, I think he can easily turn that around, but just non-con hasn't really done that. Um, but I do think he's gotten to become a more well-rounded guy. Um, just would like to see the defense kick it in a little bit, though he had a handful of blocks in the variable game. I understand that. Um, so just a very interesting uh time uh he started off really really hot with scoring um so i'd like to maybe see that come in um so but again uh there's other guys that are uh really stepping in and scoring so i can understand that so we'll we will definitely see uh where it goes for a hero rock but i'd really love we can get back into the double digits um point average as well as uh maybe uh getting a a few uh few kind of more rebounds i guess right um, that would be, that'd be great. I, I think there was only one game, maybe there's two games where he was seven, he was more than five rebounds. Um, so, or sorry, there's only three games, but I'd like to see him a little bit higher in the rebounding area, right? I think he's a guy who should be definitely out rebounding Marquise Kennedy, but Marquise Kennedy's an amazing athlete, so I can understand that. So, yeah. uh, we will see. So, but yeah, that's my, that's my one little low, but definitely can be a high come the second half. Yeah. I mean, similarly, I think my, uh, thing is, we haven't seen both Tate Hall and Keith Clemens play their best basketball yet. Um, and, you know, one is an injury. One is more, you know, he's on the, he's coming off the bench. But I think for both of them, I think we're still going to get one or two games from each of them where they score like 15, 18, 20 points. Um, you know, talking about Keith Clemens, this is the guy who scored, what, like 28 points in an Arch Madness game. Uh, I think he scored 20 against Drake last year and Tate Hall has had his fair share of like 20 plus games, um, as well. And I'm just drawing a blank on when he had him, but we know those guys can go off. Uh, Tate Hall like has been affecting the game in plenty of other ways, rebounds, steals, 
sometimes the occasional bad decision. Uh, but like Tate is such a well-rounded player, whereas Keith has really just shown his ability to shoot threes so far this year. And I'm just looking forward to when those guys are playing even better. I, I really think that those guys can be extremely key contributors off the bench. And, um, yeah, I, I think that we have yet to see their best basketball this season so far. So that'll, that'll do it for me. Yeah, no. Uh, so Keith dropped 28 points in 20, the, yeah. um, in a, in the, in a, in a conference tournament game, actually, it was a loss to Valpo, right? Which mm-hmm. is definitely a sad one, right? But, uh, the best one is, has to be clearly, um, the 13 and 12 in conference tournament this past year. So he's definitely had games where he's been putting it up and not afraid. But I think also, if I look at this correctly, I just have to, I have to look at it correctly here. Um, <laughs> Okay, I think he had three steals in the, yeah, uh, about three or two steals in the Drake tournament game. Um, yeah. that was, that's when he got that stupid tech. I uh, will never forget that. So I think both those guys are definitely going to be able to find their time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's nice. You know, we're nine and two. Uh, we've had some, some really good games, uh, some nice road wins. Um, one, you know, uh, two close games, one decided on a last second shot. It, it's been an exciting season so far. Like, I think it's lived up to like what I'd hoped. Um, so far, obviously the COVID stuff, like non, not talking about that. You can never think about that, but, um, yeah, so far, so, so good, I guess. Like I go in, uh, nine and two, um, going into conference play, we have allowed ourselves the chance to get an at large bid still. And I think this team has showed that they are by far the favorite in, in the Missouri Valley so far. Um, and I think expecting both conference championship and or the regular season championship and the tournament championship is what this team expects to do. And they should they should go out and do that. And I think anything less than that is uh, a missed opportunity for sure. So, um, so yeah, I mean, last thoughts just kind of on non-conference and our, our season going forward. Liked where non-conference was. Tough way to end it, but a heads up, looking forward. I think we can do some damage into the valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say uh, we do have a really exciting guest um, coming on the podcast. I don't. It'll definitely be before the next game, um, and I think it's going to be after the holidays. Uh, or actually, I know it will be after the holidays. Uh, Lou, I don't know. Do you wanna do you wanna introduce him? Do you wanna give like maybe some some teaser or I you know him more than I do. So so the, we have a former player coming on, former player, mm-hmm. not scholarship. <laughs> you had to describe it like that. <laughs> That's really funny. I like it. I like it. But he's a uh, he's. I think everyone's gonna be excited. I think he's gonna have some but good he's things your to say. Biggest fan. Yes. Yes, he is a huge fan. He's got a great Twitter. Um, so, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be chatting up with him. I think we're going to talk a little bit about going from the horizon to the valley to, yeah, to the valley and then going on to the A10 and like what that looks like from, uh, like a player's perspective. He can give us kind of some insight on that. And then, um, just kind of talk to him about what he thinks about Loyola and like how he's seen it grow over the past, uh, 10 or so years. So, so, uh, make sure to, uh, Tune in next week. It's going to be an exciting one. Uh, Lou, any last thoughts before we sign off here for the day? 
happy holidays, everyone, and Ramblers get healthy. <laughs> yeah, Ramblers get healthy, and all of you stay safe, uh, for sure. We're going to be trying to do that ourselves. So um, thank you all for listening, and don't forget, always remember, go Blurs.